Hi, you are listening to Mediation Station, and this is your host, Greg Fenton. Each week we explore topics and ideas related to the experience of people with conflict and look to promote the profession of conflict resolvers. We are available to connect with at greggf at primus.ca and 647-227-4734. Visit us at our Facebook page to like us and Facebook group page to become a member. Also, visit YouTube channels for both CHHA, 1610AM, and Greg Fenton. Listen to podcasts of each radio show by visiting either of SoundCloud.com or iTunes Podcasts under Mediation Station in the Arts area. Follow us at our Twitter account, which is at Fenton Mediation. Our topic tonight is called The Importance of Continuing Education as to Life Skills with our visitor, Jan Gordon. You can contact me at either 647 227 4734 or greggf at primus.ca. You can call in tonight. It's 416 785 0680 and contribute to the conversation, make a comment, ask a question, help us understand more. And I'm here with Jen Gordon. Welcome to the program, Jen. Thank you for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. So let's start off, usually share some information about your <laughs> professional background, and you know we'll continue on. Yeah, so um, I work in continuing education, so I'm, I actually work at the University of Toronto School of Continuing Studies, and I'm a program director there. Um, and essentially what I do is I manage a portfolio of programs, a program strategy, and of course uh, uh, the relationship management with the instructors as well. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's been quite a journey to, to get there. Um, and I'm just thrilled to be here to, to talk about continuing education. Why are you focused on continuing education? Where did that come from? Yeah, so when I started off uh, going to university, I was actually doing a f- uh, physical and health um, degree, and I wanted to be a gym teacher. Um, at least that's what I thought. And as I went through that, graduated the program, um, I was, you know, a pretty good teacher. I did love the classroom, but it, it just uh, it didn't resonate with that audience. And the audience was a high school audience at the time. And so I took a little bit of a break, um, took some continuing education courses in different topics to see what would really interest me. And then I got stuck on learning. So I went back and got another um, degree in psychology yeah. and focusing in on learning and at that around that time i was actually working at the school of continuing studies and i fell in love with the adult audience and and i knew i just wanted to this is what i wanted to do and contribute uh to society so i went back to school and got my masters in adult education right so you're a curious person you like to learn yes yes i i you would say i am a lifelong learner for sure yeah yeah so what do you try and do with that information that you try to learn? Yeah, so I I find continuing education to be, it, it gave me hope in, in various stages of my life. Uh, yeah. Knowledge gives me hope. Um, and, I, and working, when I fr- started the school, I worked actually at the front desk and, um, and, and got to interact a lot with uh, potential learners that were coming in and asking questions. And... Um, I started to have a deeper understanding of the needs and, and, the, and the desires and, and the barriers with um, people wanting to study and not being able to. And I just, I knew that 
I wanted to be a change agent within continuing education, within the university, um, to help remove those barriers so that we can open up learning for all because there's so much power in, um, in knowledge, whether it's for personal interest or for professional yeah. uh, mobility or adaptability or um, you, you just wanted it's a pathway to a designation or a pathway to a, for another degree. There's just so much opportunity with continuing education, and I, I love it. Yeah, I know the idiom is uh, knowledge is power. Yes. And then, though from that, I just, I feel that's insufficient because the, the knowledge is within oneself. It's what you do with it or don't do with it. That's really where exercising that power comes in, taking that knowledge and putting it into play. Absolutely, and and knowing how to do that. So you, you've, And for me, it's... Um, opportunities to pivot within my career within within the department that I actually was working I worked in a lot of different areas um, because of the knowledge that I was able to get and the confidence that I was able to have to push that in uh, to my daily and my profession and it and in a sense it empowered me it gave me even more confidence and I went back to learn some more and and I and as working continued education I get to see I get to see those moments when that learning happens with with somebody the realization yeah. exactly and then i get to see those moments where i can see them show and how they've learned right right in the context of the classroom and with my colleagues in the context of my da of their daily work so in terms of uh you know you navigating adult learning and continuing ed what do you f feel or identify as being the things that really contributed to you having this curious learning mindset what, what what was it when you were younger or maybe at whatever age that really put or laid the foundation for you to be where you're at now and continue on that? I think mainly it's uh, I always like to take things apart as a kid. I like to see the different components and how yeah. they all work together uh, to either do that movement or or here are the steps that you need to, to swing a bat or here are the steps that you need uh, to take to shoot a basketball. And so all of these things, I, I like to see the different components and, and how that comes together into the action. And so all through my studies, is that's what I focused on. I focused on the, the, the little chunks, the chunks of learning. Um, and it wasn't until really when I was studying adult learning and what that actually means is um, I think I was learning as an adult as a kid uh, where I preferred smaller chunks of content and how that worked and wove itself together um, and how that all fit together for me to do that ultimate action. So I think it's that, that curiosity, that, that curiosity that I had all along and I, it's, I hasn't continued education. I think it sparked it along and it hasn't fizzled out. Yeah, it feeds yeah. itself. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, you're, what I'm hearing and understanding is like the what isn't sufficient for you. You see the visual or the external, and you're really looking to unpack the why, yes. the internal stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just to unpack it, but and also how can it evolve? Because learning always evolves for me. You have theory that inform practice, and your practice will then inform future theory, and the theory will inform practice, and it's... It's a it's a never ending cycle, which is uh, can be frustrating, I'm sure, for some. But it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to to see and always to dig deeper. That you can always learn more, and that's going to inform 
your your practice throughout the day or your what you're doing in the workplace or and that will then inform for the theory that you're going to go out and seek and it's just always evolving and adapting um, yeah. which is so key in society yes yeah for me as a person who works with people going through tensions and struggles quote conflict it's about trying to assist people to navigate through those circumstances to hopefully a better place as they d- decide and so th- that's the power and you know we learn that in our world which i'm sure is very similar that curiosity is a template to then to learn so you're wondering within as to what is and you're wondering what isn't mm-hmm. and then you ask the open-ended questions because we learn and teach that if you ask close questions, it's about yourself to try to fulfill some kind of predetermined understanding of something or expectation. When you provide open-ended, that's for the person to fill in the blanks. Exactly. You're facilitating that learning for, for them. You know, you're facilitating that environment for somebody to uh, come to their own conclusion or to make those connections, and you've laid out the breadcrumbs for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it definitely it just it feeds into... Uh, yeah, I've probably talked about it a few more times this evening, but adaptability is so important right now and so important. That, and these that, are the that, components. Yeah, and when I talk with like students in coaching or instructing, I ask, so what's the number one skill you believe that uh, a meteor would have or a person who deals with people with conflict? And they come up with all the different things like communication skills or patience or listening. And I say, what one word can identify all those in one word? actually, all those skills. And I present, from my point of view, it's adaptability. Having that inventory that uh, of best practices and skill sets that you are able to then identify, being aware, to then pull out and implement in the moment. Absolutely. I agree 100%. <laughs> so, so what is the concept or the two words together, continuing education? How do you define that? Uh, well, continuing education is, well, it's a loose way. It's it's a term mostly used in the U.S. and Canada, just loosely to encompass post-secondary education. Um, for me, uh, I look at continuing education as really lifelong learning, um, and it's in the context of a university environment, so uh, where you're have the ability to take uh, credit or non-credit courses depending on the institution in which you're taking them with um, in different areas. It might be a specific skill set, might be personal interest, uh, but it's that that idea of always learning. And it's this is an avenue in a post-secondary uh, context to be able to achieve that. So in terms of its purpose, it's to enhance something that somebody already has or to also for someone to acquire some new skill set or knowledge base, it or could, both. It could be all of those. Yeah. Uh, definitely, it, in my case, it was definitely for me to acquire a new skill set. It was for me to um, uh, enhance something that I already had. And and then there was just personal interest uh, areas where, and maybe it's going to enhance your personal life or you just want to know about a certain topic. I wanted to know about photography, so I took a course. Yeah. Um, I wanted to... And I know other people that do that as well. I want to learn about art history, so I'll, I'll take I'll take a course. Or if I want to learn about something specific, uh, budgeting, and we can all learn about budgeting. So I took a course there. You know, so if there's and there's I courses that you, I would take that were specific to my 
my workplace. You know, I, yeah. I, I needed to be a stronger project manager, so I studied in that area. And it's it's so flexible depending on the institution you go at. School Continuing Studies, we have over five, well, really over seven, 700 courses, give or take, um, and over 125 certificate programs. So there's so much opportunity and so much different areas to, to study in. Yeah, and it gives people an opportunity both on a personal level to acquire the knowledge and skills or if they want to, you know, out in their professional world to do so as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, professional, uh, especially in the professional context, at least uh, for me and I know for many others, is uh, more and more employers are looking for proof of uh, or uh, expertise of different skills or different unique skills that might not necessarily be taught in a traditional undergrad or graduate program or a college program. They're looking for something niche or they're looking for uh, areas and different soft skills, though I don't really like the word soft skills, but soft skills that aren't traditionally covered in a traditional program. So employers are definitely uh, expanding their view of, of, of what type of credentialing or uh, of, or areas of expertise that that they're focusing on and, and consider when in terms of employment and things like that. Right, the, you know, looking for those competencies. Yes. That you know, with an ever evolving world, changing world, what once was quote needed or expected shifts, and then you know the the school I would believe would need to be responsive to that and somewhat anticipate. Mm-hmm. Well, I have the sense that this is the um you know, the upcoming thing and try to find a way to provide substantive learning opportunities for individuals to then fill or provide a space within the professional stream. Absolutely. Yeah, the school is, uh, and any continuing education school, but definitely uh, the School of Continuing Studies, we have to be responsive to industry uh, changes, to market needs, uh, what employers are asking. And we we do that by engaging with employers on a, on a regular basis, having focus groups or advisory groups that's in, in different areas to help us inform and making sure that our programs are, are meeting the current needs and that's any arising needs that we are offering a way for educational programs to evolve out of that. And the development of the programs involve all industry experts as well. So it's it's really we, we try to stay attuned to what's going out there right. and be responsive and meet those needs, which showed in my case that I've been able to move around. Um, it's been it's wonderful to see and to be involved and to and to see the intent um, of all of my colleagues that I work with uh, to ensure that we're having the best learning environment out there and the best courses. Right. right. What can you say about the distinction of undergrad programs relative to continuing education? How does one identify the differences for the person listening, for example? Yeah, so a lot of uh, continuing education programs um, have are typically taught by industry experts, um, so individuals in the field or um, or experts in a specific area, um, not necessarily by professors. Um, the programs themselves are typically they they can range in in uh, I guess formats, uh, uh, length uh, from one day to 
an intensive one-month program or spread over three or four months once a week or online hybrid there's a lot of different um, modalities that continuing education courses are typically uh, distributed a lot of them either could be non-credit or credits it depends on the area and some uh, continuing education programs and courses are aligned to professional associations as well whereas undergrad and uh, typically undergrad courses that are geared for a younger audience um, uh, what kind of when you talk younger like uh, just out of high school yeah. early 20s uh, yeah. are the bulk of I would say the audience there uh, they the format tends to be though it is starting to evolve but a bit more traditional in um, in, in instruction um, and uh, typically the studies are either full-time there might be uh, part-time programs happening during the day where continuing education is really geared for individuals that are either have uh, full-time domestic responsibilities or they're full-time in the in the field working uh, somewhere and so the programs are offered typically in the evening or in the weekends um, or in different modalities to allow for that flexibility um, and a lot of continuing education programs are, are geared and constructed and designed for adults. Uh, so using adult learning principles uh, and ensuring that we will have industry experts in there um, where appropriate uh, just to, you know, and enhance those networking opportunities that are uh, really important for adults. So what is adult learning? I mean, that's a concept that you've mentioned and it does exist relative to not adult learning. Yes, yes. Uh, so adult learning is learning geared towards adults. So there's some principles that it, yeah. it follows, but generally that adults uh, do bring in prior experience or knowledge. So constructing a learning environment that caters to that, um, that adults have, um, that they, they're really looking for uh, something that's relevant to uh, their everyday practice, whatever that happens to be. Right. Um, so ensuring that the material is tailored with that in mind. Um, there tends to be a more intrinsic motivation for adults, and uh, so you'll and there's more desire to uh, showcase their own learning um, throughout the course. So constructing experiences that uh, really feed into that, and making sure there's opportunities for somebody to show. Uh, their cognitive learning throughout the experience uh, to engage socially uh, that networking piece within within a course environment you want to make sure that you design specifically for that as well so it's a it's a little bit different orientation and style I would say of learning and teaching uh, for adults there are minor differences but really key uh, to ensure that you're actually catering catering to that right audience so when people are uh, contemplating or thinking uh, before they make a decision, what are those? What's their thought process about? Okay, so I've got a couple of options or possibilities. What, from your experience, what could be the things that they factor or consider as part of making their absolute decision? About which program? To yeah, which take? program to decide, and how to organize that self themselves with regard to taking that program, of course. Yeah, so I think it's it's always good to start with the goal. What are you looking for ultimately? Um, what are you what are you hoping to achieve? Is it a specific skill set in a certain area? 
um, or, or you just want to know general knowledge, or you are hoping to get ultimately to a different, earn a designation, or um, earn uh, or lead on a pathway to uh, just a whole new area of study. So looking and finding out what that goal is, and breaking it down into its components of what will it take to get there. Let's say it's a job, for instance. Yeah. Um, searching different job postings that are out there. If you the ideal ideal job you want to be is a project manager. Okay. Well, what are the requirements in order to to do that? Uh, what do I need as a project manager to be considered for a position such as that? Uh, typically, project managers um, are required to have their PMP. Okay. So maybe that's my goal. I need to get my PMP. Break it down. Which institutions and um, in continuing education uh, can give me the knowledge and the skill set in order to achieve that designation and getting my PMP as well as the continuing ed education requirements that are typically uh, required as well so breaking those down to the smaller components and then you know shop around shop around to the different uh, continuing education providers uh, find out uh, what they're teaching uh, what, you know, cost and price point, location, modality that really aligns and fits with your uh, with your personal life. Because it's it's one thing finding a, a program; it's another thing finding and making sure that you can you have all the conditions available to to be able to study. And so, uh, and that's one thing that at the school we try to really pay attention to to make sure that we're offering programs in multiple modalities. When you say modalities, oh yes, <laughs> what might that be? So it could be a, a one-day workshop, it could be an online course, it could be a hybrid course which is consists of both in-class in learning as well as online learning. Right. Um, it, the different lengths of the programs, if you're working towards a, a certificate, uh, you, it might consist of three courses or it might consist of uh, nine micro courses that are stackable that can get you there. And micro, I mean by shorter duration courses. So there's a lot of different ways, yeah, ways to learn and uh, that are out there right now, especially right now. Um, so it's, try, it's making learning way more accessible uh, for, for adults, uh, giving you more choice. Um, but with more choice, sometimes that it, it makes it difficult to narrow down where you want to To actually go. make a concrete choice. Exactly. A decision, actually. So I always say go back to what is that overarching goal. Map everything back to the goal. Um, is if I'm comfortable learning in a certain way, um, maybe try to you know look at programs that cater to that. Or if I'm not sure how I like to learn. I just want to try out a different area, take a micro course, take a shorter course uh, to just get this aspect of the skill that you need now. Um, so just there's a lot of different options out there that could really help you get to your ultimate goal, but also help you make that decision of uh, what's the best pathway for you, what resonates well. So would, would undergrads be more relevant for people with long-term goals relative to continuing education for people with more immediate or short-term goals, or not? Um, I think it really depends on the program, so it's hard to make a generalization. Yeah. But yes, continuing education does provide a, a quicker pathway um, for an outcome, right? So it's 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 a smaller 
uh, typically it's a, not as long as an investment, both from a time and a money perspective as well. Yeah. Um, and it gives you, it's really focused around different small skills, um, typically, or competencies. And so if you're looking to just build one aspect, like time management, for instance, you can take a course just, or an area just on that. Um, and then you bring that to your daily practice and then uh, come back for more, like was what I keep doing yeah. for myself. So, so, you know, when people take, they build their credentials. Mm -hmm. So a form of identification with credentials is a resume. Mm -hmm. And that captures or puts in place uh, a means of your training, your work experience, and your education. And how do you relate the presentation on a resume, for example, of an undergrad relative to continuing education? Is the perception somewhat similar, or can the power be in continuing education? I think there is, uh, there's been a shift. There's been a definite shift. Um, there's a lot more articles you can see written about it, uh, blogs, postings, and LinkedIn, and all, all over the place, um, that traditionally, un, you know, an undergrad or university um, program uh, was seen as uh, essentially more powerful than any other type of learning, but you're seeing other types of learning come up because employers are looking for specific skills. They're looking for proof of those specific skills. And um, you're now seeing continued education in the, in the States and now in Canada too, starting to look around, okay, how can we, uh, what are micro-credentials? Is there small credentials that we could be awarding for competency-based learning? Um, and how can we then provide that in a way that is uh, that somebody can present on their on their digital profiles that right. they have out there yeah. or on their physical resume as well? So you're starting to see this, this shift in mindset from employers because employers are generally driving this, yeah. um, and continuing education institutions are responding by ensuring that we have we have lots of competency-based skills courses that were being taught in a way that somebody can represent that on their uh, their public personas. So, you know, continuing education is like, a, it's a bridge amongst what's out in the, the workplace with the people who mm -hmm. are looking to get employed or be higher employed or get better paying jobs or positions. And it's that conduit through which people can navigate Absolutely, absolutely. And some programs actually have a built-in components where um, where we have uh, a demo days for um, industry professionals are coming in and looking at the projects that the, stu the students have done. Um, our IT boot camps that we do in partnership with Trilogy Education Services uh, has a, that unique component built in as well as well as a career services opportunity, but it's you're starting to see more interaction with industry within the course experience itself. Um, yeah. And you're starting to see more outcome-based learning that's happening, meaning that I leave a program, I'll have a portfolio portfolio that I can share, you know, or and I can share publicly um, or in digital in some way. So when I'm seeking a job um, or a different pivot in my career, that, you know, the potential employer can see proof of, these skills in action. Yeah, so it's more concrete, mm -hmm. it's more absolute, yes. and they can see the nexus or the direct link from this to that point and how that can satisfy the needs and the interests of the employer, for example. Exactly. So you're going beyond the theory, which, especially in undergrad studies, is 
a lot of theory that you're right. getting yeah. into the really into the the, the details, the practical, the, the practical, applied of which yeah. continuing education really that's a lot of substantive, you know, capacity that's created or provided for individuals to acquire and then take and make use of. Exactly, and giving the um, empowering learners. Uh, and giving them the confidence to know that they do have these skills and they are fully adaptable and relatable in a professional context. Right. And that's that's a key element for adult learning. Yeah. And that's a key driver in the design and development of all the programs at School of Continuing Studies. In somewhat an abstract way, maybe, you know, you're getting something concrete from the school study you know, context. How does that, how can you see that contributing to a person's life skills? Well, I would say uh, it, you know, it depends on the area, but when you're, when you're studying and, and learning, um, you're, it, it's really, the learning influences all aspect of your life. It's not specific just to the workplace. Um, if I'm learning on how to, how to manage my time, um, I essentially applying that to all aspects, not just my workplace. Um, it could be my daily life. If I am building leadership um, and emotional intelligence um, and taking a course specifically in that area, uh, those skills and, and how I grow with my ability to, to recognize and understand and become more emotionally intelligent uh, would is applied to all aspects of my life, all interactions that I have. Um, and that's the same with any any anything that you're you're learning is really once you've learned something it's it's going to bleed and influence all aspects of of your life you probably you can't control the impact essentially um and that's that's the thing that's so powerful with with learning and is that you you really are changed you're transformed and you don't even recognize it sometimes. Uh, sometimes you do. Sometimes you can see the change happening. Um, I like the slow burn change that you actually don't see the impact. And then you look back and you're like, whoa, wow. I didn't realize that yeah. happened or that was going on. Exactly, exactly. And so that's, and that for me is to seeing those moments in myself and my colleagues and, and the students that I'm lucky enough to, to witness uh, with the instructors uh, teaching in the classroom or virtually or, or whatever context, um, seeing their learning uh, evolve and even the practice of providing a learning experience, how that changes someone and how that's... Uh, I look back six months, and if I'm lucky enough to know the journey of somebody, I can see their change. I can see yeah. the momentum, and that's that's something that I love working in continuing education is that you have those opportunities to keep those relationships going with with students, uh, uh, or and with with the instructors that we have an ongoing uh, relationship, relationship with. Yeah. So you can see those moments because we're all learning from each other too, from the experiences, um, and. It's just, it's, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. So it really goes beyond, beyond the classroom, beyond the workplace, into your, into your homes, into your daily life. And it's, uh, it, if you allow it, um, and sometimes if you don't, uh, you really can be changed by a classroom or course experience. Yeah, going back to the earlier conversation point where we talked about curiosity and asking mm -hmm. open-ended questions. For me, it's so profound. Curiosity won't happen unless there's something that happens before curiosity. 
And that's open-mindedness. Hmm. One needs to have, from my point of view and experience, a sense of being open to being curious, to wonder, to then ask the questions, to learn, and then take some kind of new step to ask. Because if we have a closed-minded mindset, we think we know it all, we don't have to learn anything more, and then we go on our, our world and navigate, usually a lot, in isolation, as an island amongst a sea of people. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know how productive that is or effective or meaningful that is. So the concept for me, the whole pathway is like openness, curiosity, open-ended questions, and then action, and then keep being curious. And then, yes, yeah. Yeah, it's a... It's a, it's a continuum. Exactly. Yeah, mindset is, is so, so important. Um, I have seen moments, though, that individuals didn't really want to be in the in, yeah. in that environment, and by the end of it, uh, were changed. Yeah. Um, but there's some times where there was no change because that openness didn't exist. Um, so you're right, 100% is, uh, at least in my life, that's exactly what it was. I was, I'm open to learning, I'm curious about it, and and that just kept... And then you take the action, which is yeah. like ask the open-ended questions. Yeah. And then from having that new insight, you do something with it. Because I think, as mentioned earlier too, knowledge is power, mm -hmm. though it's useless if you don't do something with it, from my point of view. It stays in the head. And what's the point? Do something with it. Yeah, yeah, I agree and disagree. I agree, okay, so. I agree in the sense that, uh, yeah, I think uh, as you have knowledge... Uh, I would like, to, you know, action makes it better and more powerful. And I really, f I feel that we all should be called to be doing that. But, um, sometimes just having the knowledge is enough and it's, and, uh, the, the action and the, the power that you, you get from that is all is internal and, and it might stay there, but ultimately then you are changed and therefore so, then. So I would say to you, they're doing something with it. It's yes, reinforcing yeah. their. Their sense of confidence that feeds their competence, right. that then feeds their confidence. It's a, a another cycle of continuing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they're doing something with it. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Thank you very much. <laughs> 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 well, it's all about collaborating. Yes, yes. We've got to work together here. <laughs> how, how do you sort of get people in the sense that when they are contemplating and they've taken the course what to do next, sometimes they don't have a tangible next step. Is that part of a role that you might play? What uh, to do with this? Yeah, in some cases. Uh, in some, I mean, a formalized program of what you're going to or career counseling is not something that's always offered in all continuing education areas. Um, but when learners are are going through a course and uh, we tend to, at the school we constantly follow up with with our learners to check in to get feedback on how the experience was um, and I'm lucky enough to have a lot of those conversations and then I get to hear a sense of okay what do you what do you want what are you going to do with this what do you want to do with this um, what's next for you and just to have an open-ended conversation to see what arises from it so um, if you're a learner and you've taken a course here and just not sure what to do next, just just sit with it. Sit with the knowledge for a little bit. Yeah. Um, sit, see how it influences or didn't influence um, in your workplace or wherever you're trying to bring that back into. Um, start to look inward of uh, 
what elements or skills do I want to build up or where do I want to be and what skills are needed there. Um, so it's, I always, and, and that's what I've done with each of my learning journeys, and I'm on one now again, is that I'm taking a step back after I've completed a, a course or even during and uh, recognizing, okay, this has opened up my eyes to a different area that I didn't know about and I want to study, or this is uh, really filling a, a gap I didn't know I had, yeah. or actually filling a gap I know I had. So there's, and I'm trying to pay attention to and, and look inward of where where are gaps that I uh, that I might have or I might have in the have in the future as yeah. the world is evolving, you know, to be responsive and and just to have those discussions and to talk about my experiences that I've had with with other people um, because you start to sometimes you gain clarity uh, through conversation. Yeah, and, and when people have certain expectations, they say, "Okay, I want to take that course or certificate or that program." And then they they have a predetermined the expectation, and then they start with the programmer course, and then through the through the journey, they shift in some way or there's some kind of transformation, and by the end of it, their expectations of what they expected at the beginning are somewhat different, and hopefully, it's much more expansive and mm -hmm. more rich in terms of its you know intrinsic value. And also it's practical value. They didn't realize, I didn't know this would happen. I didn't realize, wow, this is open up to other possibilities. Exactly, exactly. I, uh, My own example, actually, I'm taking uh, one of our courses, the Theory and Science of Learning, and uh, I always like to challenge myself on areas that I think I know. Um, so yeah. taking this course... Right. Wow. Yeah, I guess I didn't know, or I didn't. I wasn't able to recognize where my own biases came from, um, even my perspective on learning. And so it's it's opened up my eyes to understand of okay, why do I actually think that's a good educational experience? Yeah. Um, and what theory? Where is that coming from? And where is that drawing from? And so taking this course has really opened my eyes to to that and. Uh, and taking it in an online format when I didn't think I wanted to, I preferred I wanted to go in class uh, just to get into the classroom again. It's been yeah, a while, right. um, but I've had such a, an amazing experience thus far uh, and felt more connected with the students uh, in my class, uh, the you know, fellow students in my class than, uh, than I have in traditional in-class courses. And so I just... A lot of things are shifting about my own experience of how I prefer to learn and and where how I'm influenced um, or I guess how I'm biased in my interpretation of what learning actually is. Right. And, you know, when working with people who are going through conflict, it's usually a circumstance or situation that it's come to a point where it's negative in terms of their contribution to life experience. They have a challenge with somebody else and it's affected the relationship and it's dysfunctional in some way and people still avoid in a lot of people avoid going there going through the conflict they go around it or they hope someone else comes in and fixes it for them or it just goes away the reality is a lot of times those situations continue and they actually get worse because they're not resolved and the other person is building upon, making assumptions, and it feeds itself into something else. So I really believe in the whole opportunity that 
putting oneself in the space of vulnerability, mm, yes. your unknowns, yes. challenging what yourself out of your norms, your box, as we uh, seem to understand about ourselves. This is how we are and this is how we'll be to go into that space of vulnerability because that would be, from my experience, the greatest opportunity for growth and development. Absolutely. And sometimes uh, when you're having some difficulty getting there or recognizing that, sometimes that's where courses can come into play and to help you get to that to that stage. Um, I, like we have different uh, programs or areas that you know I'm probably going to take soon but uh, you know negotiation and conflict management but within those programs you're learning um, just that about your biases what position are you coming at uh, a situation that's are you listening how do you listen mm -hmm. and and that's so key especially definitely in uh, your profession and uh, in this area that you, you need to you need to recognize what, what are you bringing to the table and how is that affecting those that are around you. Yeah, reflective practice, reflective thinking, self-awareness. Yes. You know, starting with oneself, not leaving it there, transcending it to another. Because yes. it's about bridging, building relationships, connections. Yes. And that, that ties in, you know, when you're taking courses in, in areas such as this or to help you become more self-aware um, or just to recognize wh where your biases are, that it's not, it influences everywhere. Your personal relationships that you have, professional relationships yeah. that you have all over. And so in that sense, the knowledge of the learning that you're getting isn't contained. Yeah, it's transferable. Mm -hmm. You carry it with you. What unexpected, I'm sure there have been, as part of your journey within through continuing education, what things did you become enlightened by or one you know you never thought um yeah there's been there's so many different things that uh, that blew me away over over all the courses that I've taken but I'm going to talk some, about something uh more recently is so we have a an applied mindfulness meditation certificate program and it's one of the programs that I actually do manage and I really didn't know too much about um, about this area. And so my intent was to go and just take a course uh, to learn more so I can um, understand and better represent the area. And so then I went, and within about 10 minutes, I was like, oh, wow, okay, wait. This, for me, was an unexpected learning opportunity. Uh, I didn't realize how much that... Um, the practice of meditation, uh, mindfulness meditation for myself uh, would and has influenced uh, just my everyday. And so I went on and finished the certificate program to yeah. learn even more. And it's, so it was, I, I went, it was funny because I went in with a specific intent and I came out of that after 10 minutes of the one class Meaning, I need to. I want to do this this full certificate program and learn more. And how can I embody this practice? Um, and what has that? And that's actually made an impact in my day to day life, um, in my workplace. I'm a, a lot more. Um, I listen a lot better. Yeah. Uh, you know. So there's different elements that uh, uh, really I've already seen um, a product, I guess, of of the the work that I'm doing. So that was just unexpected that I. Uh, would still be experiencing that that learning uh, 
six months from the last course. Like right. I didn't realize that that yeah. would happen. So it was a, it was an unexpected trajectory that I went that I wasn't expecting. And I'm sure other people, when they're going through their stuff too, taking a course that they had the expectation of this, and then exactly. wow, a curveball. And that's what happens a lot in uh, in classes that you're taking, uh, especially in continuing education. I find is that you're coming in and you're just maybe just want to take just one one area because you're interested and all of a sudden that sparks different learning in different areas or you didn't realize that what that opened up for you um, or how it helped uh, you figure out what you like and what you don't like and continue education is I, I look at it as a lot too like a sandbox that you can play in um, uh, that's safe an adult sandbox that you can uh, decide what what you, what skills you want to maybe just tap your do your toe into or uh, build one element of, of a sound castle and then suddenly you're building the whole castle like I did for this particular area. So it's, uh, it's great flexibility um, in continuing education that doesn't always uh, represent itself in other forms of traditional education. So what does having this conversation mean to you? Because uh, it sounds like a passion. Absolutely, yeah. It's... Uh, I found, uh, I mean, I have a lot of different passions, uh, and two came together, my, uh, just, uh, how people learn. I, I love that element. That's why I went back for psychology and, and education if, specifically for adults and being able to marry those two together and to have a profession that's, you know, I get to work in this environment. It's a pleasure. And then to have these dialogues and these discussions uh, just about something that's very close to, to my heart is, uh, is, a true, is a true honor, for sure. So how do you know whether a program or a course is effective or meaningful? How do you keep tabs on that? So at the School of Continuing Studies, we, we try to be very uh, in tune to what's happening with design programs with specific learner personas in mind, meaning... Uh, specific learning audience audience types uh, into the depths of somebody's motivation as well to taking the program and that's the lens that we will uh, pay attention to if are those individuals actually in the classroom is do we need to course correct here how uh, we uh, have different surveys that we run with uh, when we pilot first courses, you know, first new programs out there, uh, we have more formal evaluations that we keep tabs on midterm and final evaluations. Program directors are very in tune and uh, in contact with the uh, instructors that are teaching uh, just to ensure that we are course correcting where necessary um, and to making sure that this program, these courses, is the learning experience a, a learner wants. We listen to the feedback that comes through and we are actually responsive and make changes. Yeah, and I, I see like learning is a fluid thing. Mm -hmm. it, it's a continuum, and it feeds into itself to help something else to feed into that as well. So what, what would you like to see happen in terms of any change with regard to continuing education? Any future vision, your vision of this? Yeah, so for me, I would love... I would love us to do away with terms that they no longer exist. That's that learning is uh, is available on demand for uh, uh, for our learners, and I think uh, continuing education is moving in that direction. Um, that that you should be able to. 
go and pick a course and take it when you want to take it. So um, really for us as continuing education uh, educators to uh, really put our cre you know, creative hats on and see how can we facilitate that? Um, how can we uh, really push the boundaries of innovation of how we deliver programs, what they look like, um, how we're representing them, um, in credentials, micro credentials, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see more of that, and and it's coming. And this is a this is a future dream um, that is actually going to become a reality. So I'm really, yeah, really looking forward to seeing uh, really what the next couple of years uh, will look like for continuing education. Yeah, and I, you know, from my world, I, I deal through a lens of what I see. Instead of conflict, I see through a lens of change, mm -hmm. and people's struggles with change. Because in general, people do struggle with change, mm -hmm. and they're somewhat resistant to it because they found a way to cope with their current lived experience, even if they're not happy. Because to navigate into the unknown, their fear, their vulnerable space, is a real challenge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I encourage you to keep, you know, agitating because one of the essence of this program is about social change, yes. trying to create more opportunities for the diverse nature of society so that it's more inclusive and recognizing that diversity. So if people want more information about continuing ed, what can you provide or suggest? Uh, so if you're interested in knowing more about continued education, uh, you can check out the uh, University of Toronto School of Continuing Studies website at www.learn.utoronto.ca. Um, said that really quickly. Um, or you can... Uh, yeah, just uh, just Google us and we're out there and not all of our contact information is on the site. We'd be happy to answer any more questions or any questions that you might have. But um, just, I would say, just be curious. Be curious and ask those questions. Yeah, okay. I want to thank you for visiting tonight and uh, having our conversation. Thank you very much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here and I hope we'll be back again soon. Okay, absolutely. You've been listening to Mediation Station on CHHA, 1610 AM. Visit us next week. Bye-bye.